discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. You have a question? Okay, ask a question. Pastor, please, um, does it mean that... You see, there are some people who are supposed to, you see, you're a pastor. There are some people who are prophets. Does it mean that we shouldn't believe in prophets? Or I never how, said you shouldn't believe in prophets. Like, I don't, like, how should we take what they say? Like, how should we? This is not, that's not my subject. It's just, it was just a sidetrack. What I mean is that, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It doesn't read this way. As many as are led by prophets, pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists, they are the sons of God. Our job is to lead you to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. That is our job. Whether the person is a prophet or a pastor, makes no difference. Do you understand? My job is not to lead you in life. My job is to help guide you through the word of God. If I say sometimes not the word, don't believe it. If a prophet says sometimes not the word, don't believe it. A prophet calls you. I've seen that you are swimming underwater. What it means is that from henceforth you'll be suppressed. You need to... Sister, what has God said about you? What has God said about you? Did he say you'll be suppressed in life? No, he didn't say you'll be suppressed in life. So he says, I see that you are surprised in life. I want you to bring a seat to me so that I can pray and do this and this for you. Know that you are being duped. Know that you are being swindled. What is wrong with you? Why does he need to collect your money to be able to do some things for you? No. And no prophet can do anything for you. No pastor can do anything for you. The best thing I can do is to pray for you. That's all I can do. Do you understand? I'm not the one to change your destiny. If you won't change your destiny by, the, the, by praying, if you won't stand and pray, be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it about relationships about, about the holy about leadership relationship? Okay, have I answered you? Uh-huh. So don't just take anything, don't just take anything hook line and sinker because a pastor, a prophet, or an evangelist said it, so it's finished. No, compared to the word of God. Okay? Compared to what? Yes, his hand is up. We'll come to you, okay? Everybody, lift your hand if you have a question. Okay, we have one here, another one here, another one here. Okay. And then, here. Okay, beautiful. Yes. Good afternoon, Pastor. Good afternoon. There was a certain prophet in the Bible that God said to marry a harlot. Haggai. A harlot, like a prostitute. Yeah, he's called Haggai. Prophet Haggai. Okay, Prophet Haggai. Yeah. So if God tells you to marry a prostitute, what will he do? That's what God has told you. To marry a prostitute. You see, Haggai's own. Listen, listen. Haggai, the prophet's, a prophet's, uh, a prophet's life can represent the message he carries. 
Do you get it? But sometimes God, in the, this is all in the Old Testament. Sometimes God would let the prophet do something to symbolize the situation he's to talk about. At that time, Israel was playing harlotry with God. And God wanted them to see an example of it. So he used the prophet's life and his marriage to serve as an example for Israel. So he made the prophet marry a prostitute to let them know that even though they are in harlotry, he's still married to them anyways. Even though they are not correct, he's still married to them anyways. That's what that was about. You get it. But that is not supposed to form your life's decisions. Okay? Once. It was a peculiar event. It was just once. It's not something that repeated itself. So, you, like you, Pastor is saying, don't use that as your, your standard. God knows your heart. God hasn't told you to do something. Go ahead, don't go and do it. Please. <laughs> yes. And I will come to you. Okay. Good afternoon, Pastor. Good afternoon. Yeah. Pastor, I want to understand how God works. Okay? Yeah. Because the, the Solomon we are talking about was a son that was born from not just adultery, but also mother. Because uh, King David, his father, saw Uriah's Bathsheba. wife. Because even the Bible still referred continuously that David's mother, Uriah's wife. Right, exactly. And now we are learning about choosing our spouse. Mm-hmm. And I wish, even look at what Saul did. Saul just disobeyed, uh, I mean, sorry, disobeyed God once. And now David, as God's beloved and everything, has, has God in his heart, looked at Uriah's wife, killed her, Killed him, God, yeah. yeah, killed him. Sorry, killed him. Mm-hmm. And God is about using the son. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. I want some clarity. <laughs> Let's give her our applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was preaching about Saul and David recently at a church in Kanishi. I preached concerning being spiritually minded. So you can, you can listen to it. But one of the things, one of the major differences between Saul and David was that Saul was a, was a carnal man, David was a man of the spirit. Saul made decisions based on what people said, not based on what God said. God would give an instruction and Saul would blatantly disobey it and would not be repentant. For instance, one day, Saul was going for war and the children of Israel who were, the soldiers were around him and they needed to make a sacrifice before they go for the war. They were waiting for someone to come. They waited for seven days. Someone never came. So Saul got angry and then decided to do the sacrifice. There are strict instructions concerning the sacrifices. He's not supposed to be the one to do that. It's a priestly office. Someone is the one to do that. But Saul, knowing what not to do, left that and went to sacrifice the, the offering, the burnt offering. Now, this is called the systemic, systemic error. There are personal errors and there are systemic errors. This is, a, this is the divine administration of God. You don't joke with it. It's not a personal error. What David did was personal. It was on a personal level. He was not teaching Israel to do something evil. What he did, he did on a personal level. But so what, so what Saul did was on an administrative level, a systemic level. Teaching all of Israel that anybody can enter the priestly office and do whatever he or she wants to do. So God got angry with him. Okay? Now, where's, as soon as he finished sacrificing, someone came. And someone said, you have done a foolish thing. God would have established you, but because of what you have done, your kingdom has been given to your neighbor, someone who is better than you. 
Now, when Samuel turned to go, Saul held his, his skirt and told him that come back and come and offer the sacrifice and behave as though I'm accepted before God so that the people will know that I'm accepted before God. Just look at it. Saul, Saul was not repentant. He did not lie down like David did. When David realized he had made an error, David fasted for so long and asked of God for forgiveness and told God, do not take your spirit from me. But Saul never at one point in time in his life repented from any of the evils that he had done. When he does it and they, told, they tell him that you've done something wrong, he doesn't say anything. He will tell them to, oh, Charlie, I know I'm just, just, just do it. Let's just flow. Do you get it? Do you know what Saul did? Saul killed 85 priests of God. 85. With all their children and all their wives, 85 priests of God, anointed priests of God, but we say, start not my anointed. That is an administrative error. Even the soldiers knew not to touch the priests. But he said, I'll kill them because they have supported David. Meanwhile, it was not true. Someone lied to him. Doeg lied to him and told him that I saw David and I saw the priest helping David. He gave him the sword of Goliath. He did this for him. He did that for him. And Saul said, eh, is that so? You are supporting David? Kill everybody. And he killed 85 priests with all their children and all their wives. Touched on my, my, my prophets, neither do my anointed any harm. He did that. He killed them. David would not even touch Saul. David never touched Saul because he knew that was an administrative error. You don't do that. When someone, killed, someone came to say to David that I have killed Saul and I brought his crown to you, David killed the guy and said, were you not afraid to touch the Lord's anointed? Your mouth has, destroyed, has, has killed you. You are going to die. And he killed him. He told him, your blood be upon your head. And God never judged David for that. What am I? Am I phlegmatic, choleric, sanguinous, melancholic? What am I? Who, who can tell me? What am I? I'm a pastor. <laughs> you can't tell. Because when I'm supposed to be hard, there are times when I've been very, I've been very hard with some people. I needed to be hard. I'm trying to allow the Holy Spirit to control my temperament rather than say that this is how I am. When, when I was getting married, I knew myself to be phlegmatic. Slow to act, slow to do certain things. You see, you are saying, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Because I'm not slow at all. If you move more than me, they will, they will catch you. Before I realize I'm here, I'm here. I'm, I'm always working. Do you get it? Uh-huh. I've changed over the years. So you are called to change. Not to say this is how I am. So look at character. Of course, character is, I'm going to talk about it. Character is very important. If the person insults people and can say some things in the open, you should know what you are marrying. That is why you relate, you, you relate with people for some time before you propose. If you've not seen some things, don't propose. Allow the person to act normal in his, in his or her natural environment. And see what you are going in for before you go in for it. You have a lady who can insult and do whatever. Clearly, there's something going on. And if the lady is not ready for change, mind you, when you marry, you can't change your husband, you can't change your wife. Married couples cannot change each other. Holy Jesus can change somebody. It is worse when you get married. When you get married, your husband does not hear you. And your wife does not hear you. Especially when you are pointing out their errors. They can't hear. When you are talking, you say, oh, this thing that you are doing is not good though. You have to change it. He's hearing, maybe he speaks ever. He's hearing French. He doesn't understand what you are saying. 
Yes. That is what happens. Unless a third party comes in. When a third party comes in, they will hear you. Or when you pray more, they will hear you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please have answered you. You have more questions. Okay. Are you learning anything? Um, please, when, when you were teaching, you also mentioned something talking about standard and boundaries. Okay, as Did I mention standard and boundaries? You, you came across and you said something concerning standards. When we are choosing partners, not from outside the kingdom. Okay, so now ladies and gentlemen, some of us have standard and boundaries we have set for ourselves when it comes to relationship. But there are some people... What, let, let's say, for example, um, you are in a relationship. A guy may love to have sex with you, but then you have made up your mind, you have sucked your mind that you wouldn't have sex till you marry. Someone wouldn't be in favor with you because they may think you are too knowing and due to your standard advantage you've set for yourself. So, what should you do when you come across such situations in your life? Leave him. <laughs> it's like you are not happy about the clap here. Yeah? Clapping, clap. Leave the person. That's what I'm talking about. Values. You don't have the same values. He's born again, but he's a sex-oriented believer. He can't stay without having sex. Do you know why our genitals are with us when we are born? And we grow up with it as we are growing. Your genitals do not appear when you get married. Yes, they bless the wedding here. Their genitals do not appear when I said... You may now kiss the bride. No, that's not. Your genitals are with you when you're born and you grew up with it. Why? So that you will learn to keep yourself. Because marriage does not save you. Marriage does not cure promiscuity in any way. Marriage does not cure lust in any way. If you don't learn how to keep yourself before you get married, when you get married, you'll be surprised at what you will do. You will obey God on every level. You understand? And almost all marriages that had the guy sleeping with the lady or the lady sleeping with the guy before they got married, no matter how long it goes, it will break up with time. It can go for 20 years. It will come off. Because of something called trust. There is no trust. If you were able to do this with me before we got married, what shows that you are not doing to somebody else who you are not married to? Unless, she says, unless God comes in, of course. Uh, so, it's not, these are things not to joke with. 21st century does not change the word of God. God says, don't. We are in the 21st century. If you love me, you do what I say you should do. Let us kiss and say good night. Let us have sex and be happy. You'll be surprised. It's just time. You realize your first born is not for your husband. Your second born is for your husband. Your third born is not for your husband. Your fourth born is for your husband. And one day you'll be caught. When the paternity test comes, you'll be caught. And then you see that you have been a deceiver. Or as a man, you realize that your first born is here, your second born is somewhere else. My wife does not know that you have a second born. You have to hide money in order to be able to look after that one. Your third born is, in your, in your, is with your wife. Your fourth born and your fifth born is with someone else. And you have to be sending money. And when you don't send, the child will grow and say that my father did not like me and look for you and kill you or something. Oh. Yeah. You create problems for everybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I said something about 
unless God comes in. So this, a thought just came to me that, so why don't you allow him to come from the beginning? Because what happens is that during that process, you go through too much pain and too much hurt, too much chaos. Look, in the end, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So why don't you just commit it to him from the beginning? Because otherwise you go through a lot and it can destroy you. Do you understand? Become bitter. You'll be blaming God. Blaming God for what? No, do you understand? You don't want to know him, but when there's something wrong, it is his fault. That doesn't even make any sense. And that's what a lot, and you wonder what, you think, you think God really will be moved by your anger. The standards are there. The word of God is there. Choose to read it. He loves you. But the fact that you are hitting your head against the wall, he's saying stop, you stop, and you hurt yourself, and he says it's his fault. The pain will be there. You have the cut. He'll say sorry, but it is there. Do you understand? So as young people, we've decided as young people to follow God's will. It is nothing out of the ordinary. It's not as if, oh, when we grow, no. You start as a young person. Do you understand? We got married when we were young and we decided to follow the word of God. That's why we are talking to you like this. It's not for adults, it's for you. So choose to do the right thing at whatever age. And then you see the blessings of God as you grow. And you see that, yes, it's true. I'm happy. I followed the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You see a 19-year-old who has so much experience. And you are saying that men are bad. When did you come? That's why I'm saying that men are, men are, you can't trust men. Young person, you can't, you can't trust ladies. You can't, you have, you have unnecessary experience. It's not necessary. You are stressing yourself. You are just prolonging your life. You may end up dying alone. There are a lot of people who are dying alone, lonely. Nobody to, to live your life with to the end of your life. Because you didn't make some decisions when you were younger. Whatever God tells you is, to, is for your own good and for your own life. Okay? We'll talk some more as we go on. You have a question, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, your hand has been on for a long time. So after here, we'll come to you, okay? Okay. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask this question. You know, You're looking have... nice. What? You're looking nice. Thank you very much. You said <laughs> Okay, I have this friend in this church that always tells me that I'm still a baby in Christ. Wow. Yeah, so my question actually goes to you and to that person also. (laughs) So now, although I'm new in Christ, but I love everything about Christ, but there is something that I'm yet to believe and I don't really like. Let me be like truthful to myself. I don't really like. And um, it's about speaking in tongues. What if I'm, I don't believe the aspect of speaking in tongues and where I'm from, people don't speak in tongues. And now I found myself in this church, I see a whole lot of people speaking in tongues. And this person, like I'm kind of interested in this person and wants to like get closer to this person. But this person speaks in tongues. Is it like, because I don't speak in tongues, so I, I can't be able to like 
get closer to her or she getting closer to me? Do I speak in tongues first before or learn how to speak in tongues first before getting closer to her? Okay, so is, is, is that person a leader or something? Hi. Okay, and I, um, yes, so you became born again not long ago. I would advise that you wait a while, okay? You need to be strong. You need to grow a bit. I agree with that person. Okay, I agree. You have to um, get to know God more. Get to understand a few things more. Did you understand? Before you make that decision, give yourself a year. Okay? You won't die. <laughs> and if that is if that is God's will for you, it will it will grow. Do you understand? If not too, it will go away. So you have to learn that too. And patience. You understand? So you have you have a long way to go. So give yourself some time. Okay. Yeah. Yes, my dear. Okay, thank you, Pastor. Um, let's say you meet someone, like you see someone, and this person is very good. Like, he believes in everything in the Bible and all that. Once he used to be a believer, though, but all of a sudden, he keeps backsliding with the excuse that they used to go for counseling like with their pastor and all that. But later on, he got to find out that the pastor had to do something with the girlfriend. So because of that, like he doesn't want to enter any auditorium or to listen to any pastor preach. But he believes in everything. This is a case whereby this person wants like he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to get this person back to Christ because from the way he acts, the way like he believes in Christ and all that, but not in like going to church and all that because we believe that even evil goes on in the church. So I want to know that how do you bring this? <laughs> yeah, he's like even in the church, pastors are taking their members' girlfriends, so why should he come to church? So I want to know that how do you draw this person back like to the church room? Because he's like, I'm it's, church. it's amazing what how people understand the word church. I honestly don't know why. People think, I don't know what people, how people understand church. Are you not doing something foolish right now? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you doing something foolish in your life somewhere? The church, listen, the church is a hospital. Okay? The church is for perfecting God's people. That's why it is there. The church is not for perfect people. It's for perfecting God's people. Including the pastor. You are not in the church because of the pastor. The pastor may do something wrong. He's also growing. And you should understand that he's also growing. He can have an error. He can make a mistake. But his mistake is not God's mistake. You are not called to follow the pastor. You are called to follow Jesus Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If the pastor is not following Christ in a certain aspect of his life, don't follow him. Stop judging pastors as though uh, they are your God. They are not your God. I'm not your God. I can do something wrong. And if I do something wrong and you judge me, I will also judge you. Because God will judge you for judging me. Because when you did your error and you came to me, 
I didn't judge you, I restored you. When it was time for me to be restored, you took a knife and stabbed me. God will judge you. Do you understand? Yes, so that, that pastor needs to be helped. Just like any other believer in the church. The pastor is a Christian, he's also becoming better. When you get, if I get close to you, I'll see some things about you that is not right. When you see someone from afar, you see that the person, everything is nice. When you get close, you realize the nose is bent a little, the mouth is bent a little. It's like, it's like some things are not so... Yes! The closer you get to somebody, the more you see things that are not right. Because I'm far away from you, you feel like I'm everything you, you want to be. But when you get close, you may see something you don't like. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So, the church is for perfecting the saints. It's not for... Uh, uh, judging people, no. So he's made that guy is in big error. He has allowed someone's error to take him outside of the church of God, and he's going to be in trouble. He's not listening to the word. He's not allowing the Holy Spirit to help him. He's a danger to himself and a, a danger to the church because now he's criticizing the church. What Jesus has called his wife, you are criticizing. Okay. Listen, I know a lot of people are in bitterness because of something a pastor, most of you are like, something a pastor did to you somewhere, a prophet proposed to you somewhere, or did something to you. Forgive them. Do you understand? Don't hold that grudge against a person all your life. The person has forgiven himself and is continuing in life. You have decided not to forgive and continue. You have to. You can't stay in bitterness and say you won't enter a church because that pastor did something to you. Is it Jesus? Are you in the church because of Jesus Christ or are you in the church because of the pastor? It doesn't make any sense. And what bothers me is that you, when you did the error and you came, the pastor prayed for you and helped you to stand. Why? Why is it that now that this pastor has done something wrong, he's committed an error, why can't you restore him and pray for him? You understand? Why can't you do that? It's very painful. When God called the perfect people to come and come and serve him, they did not come. When he called the nice people to come to his banquet, nobody came. He told them to go by the wayside and bring the blind, the halt, the maimed into his house, into his kingdom. All of us are blind, halt, and maimed. We are being worked on. You understand? So if the pastor is maimed in the spirit and he's walking like this and he's preaching to us, he's walking like this. And then you point to him and say, ah, look at the pastor, he's walking like this. Yeah, what kind of a pastor is this? What do you think God will do to you? Foolish boy. When I called you, he didn't come. He has come with his problems and I'm using him to do something good. You are coming to insult him for what? I'll slap you right now. You understand? Uh-huh. So, such a person is in great error. You accepting his proposal will put you in error. The two shall become one flesh. You are going to become one with them. And this error will be your error. So, don't join such people. Moses had done something wrong. Moses admired an Ethiopian human, woman. God said nobody should marry outside of Israel. I've showed you that today. Moses married outside of Israel. He married an Ethiopian woman, a black woman. And they started, we were talking about him. Miriam, his, his sister, and Aaron, his brother, were talking about him for what he had done. God showed up and told them that, listen, I talked to other people, other prophets in shadows, but Moses, I talked to him face to face. How dare you criticize him for what he has done? You will see. When God said you will see and left, Miriam became white. Like a, he, she became a leper. More whiter than snow. She was complaining about the blackness of the Ethiopian woman. She became whiter. 
than snow. Yes, she teach her lesson. And she died in her leprosy. God never changed her mind because she criticized the servant of God. You understand? Uh-huh. So you have to be very careful when you are criticizing God's, God's people. Okay? We are all God's people. I can't do anything against you because you are God's child. If I do something against you, God will judge me, even though I'm your pastor. I am not above you in any way. It is because of administration and because of the teaching of God. That is why I'm, I'm head of you. I'm your head. But it doesn't mean that if I do something wrong to you, it doesn't matter to God. If I touch you wrongly, I've touched God wrongly. And if you also touch me wrongly, you have touched God wrongly. So the judgment that you will get if you do something to me is the same judgment I also get if I do something with you, if I don't repent. The most important thing is that you repent. It says, confess your fault one to another. You get it? Yeah. So if I do something wrong to you and you tell me that, ah, pastor, you did this, I didn't like it. I will say I'm sorry. I'm not too big to say I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I was doing what I did. I didn't know I, I touched you wrongly. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. It's part of it. If I don't hurt you, who will hurt you? The one who's closest to you is the one who will hurt you the most. I'm so sorry for saying what I said. I'm so sorry for sending you this kind of message that was not right. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It is your obligation to forgive me. If you also do something against me, it is your oblig- it's my obligation to forgive you. What is the church without forgiveness? It's not going to work. You don't leave one church because they, they, someone did something wrong. Someone did. Tell your neighbor I will hurt you. Tell your neighbor prepare for me. I'm going to step on your toe very soon. Yeah. I'm going to bite your ears off very soon. But I've forgiven you already. Oh, it's like you don't want to say, but I've forgiven you already. Nah. Please, you understand? Yeah, so don't join such a person. That's why we are talking about growth. If you don't grow, you, your, your decision-making engine is not well-formed. And hence, you will not be able to make the right decision with respect to who you are supposed to get involved with and all of that. So you need to grow some. Tim, that's why we mentioned that. You need to grow some more. The more you grow, you'll be able to form proper decisions. You'll be able to choose well as a Christian. But if you are not grown as you're supposed to, you'll not be able to choose well. Your choosing system will be weak. And you will choose something you're not supposed to choose. That will bring you problems as the years go by. So clearly that guy has an error. He needs to be spoken to. He needs to talk to Jesus Christ for himself. And tell Jesus that I'm sorry for uh, what I did. And please forgive me for holding a grudge against that pastor for many years. Okay? Yeah. I'm coming. Let's say hand over. Oh, Timothy, you handled it up for a long time. So we'll do this, we'll do this, and then we'll do this. And then we'll come to you, okay? And then you too. You have a question? Okay. Are you being blessed? Yeah. <laughs> the church. Someone texted, wrote something on Twitter and said, I don't like being churchy. Remember, a popular person. I don't like being churchy, whatever. What is the meaning of being churchy? It doesn't make any sense. Many have not understood the church. Many have not. Without the church, you cannot grow. It's not possible. If something happens to you in the church and you leave, then it means that you, you don't understand what it is all about. Do you know how many people have hurt me? I have not left. I'm still here. Yes. Ah, you don't think I can leave the church. I started the church and I can leave the church. There are people who have started churches and have left the church. 
I know some. Yes, he's left the church because the church did not forgive him for something he did. Yes, so he's left the church and he's outside somewhere. <laughs> it's amazing. What a shock. Yeah. Pastor, thank you very much. Thank you. Please, I want to know whether it's good to look at superficial whether it's good to look at superficial things. Like in the sense of you have someone that again, but you have someone who is born again. Yes. I can't hear you speaking to the microphone. You have, a, you have someone you're considering that is born again. But you tell God something like, so if this person is the one for me, when she's coming to church, she should wear a pink dress. <laughs> I will be sure that this person is the one for me. Yes. It's called throwing a fleece. It's called throwing out a fleece. It stopped in the it, it stopped, it was in the old testament, but in the new testament it changed. Okay? So God is not into that anymore. If this person is mine, let him wear, let her wear a green dress. It doesn't work like that. All those who have gone that line have had problems in the future. Uh-huh. It's not like that. That's not how God speaks to you. You would know from within that this is what God wants me to do. And the more you pray, it's something to pray about. On Wednesday, I start with prayer. It's something to pray about. It's not something to take ordinarily. But you need to pray about it. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to help you in deciding that this person is a person. Without any reasonable doubt. If you use the color of a dress to determine whether this is my wife, when you're having problems, you say, ah, but the, what, what, what will you blame? The color of the dress. So it's not a good enough foundation for you to make a decision. Okay? There's something in marriage called commitment. Commitment means that I made a decision about you, it's finished. Yes. It's one of the things you check with respect to your maturity, whether you're ready. Are you ready to commit to this person? If you're not ready to commit to this person, you are not ready. You're not ready to start. Don't even think about it. Are you ready to give to this person? Because marriage and relationships is not about taking, it's about giving. Are you ready to give all of yourself to this person? To give your heart, your mind, your money, your energy, your time to this person. If you are not ready to give to this person, don't even start it. You are not ready. Okay? We'll talk about some more on on Wednesday. Yeah, who else? Yes. Good afternoon, Pastor. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, I kindly want to ask, does God only have one person for you? Is there no, one please. person that has been destined towards your If life? the person dies, what will you do? <laughs> it's finished. So there's nothing like that. That this is the only person for me. There's nothing like that. Okay? Thank you. Uh, but the, you, you, can only marry, you can marry only one person. You can marry only one person. The New Testament. You can only marry one person. But you can choose. There are so many people you could be married to. Yeah. So many people you could be married to. I know people who, who have gotten married, their wives died or their husbands died and have remarried. And that marriage is even nicer than the first one. So there's nothing like this is the only person for me. If you like, die and see. The person will marry another person. Thank you. If you like, die. You'll be shocked that the person is continuing their life. You'll be in heaven, you'll be surprised. Ah! <laughs> yes. Pastor, thank you. How are you? I thank you, sir. Great. Um, Pastor, please, my question is. Um, what if you meet someone the person is fantastic spiritually upright <laughs> fantastic yeah the person genuinely loves God I mean everything is okay but 
you are not sexually attracted to the person. Yeah. Not, there's no spark in, in that. It's an important question, please. It's very, very important. Yeah. So, um, please, my question is in, in such a situation, can something be done about it all because of that? You'd have to. If you are not sexually attracted to the person, out. Yeah. Because sexual attraction is part of the whole show. Without that, you are joking. Yes, because if we, if you, it's not you don't marry only spirituality. We are not marrying spirituality. We are not marrying what we are marrying so that we can also, Hallelujah. Yeah. So you can't say you are not you are not sexually attracted. If you are not sexually attracted, you have to find allow the Lord to lead you to someone else who. You can't talk to God about it. That God, I'm not, when I see the girl, nothing happens to me. It's it's very important. You see, in a year, a lady has 12 opportunities to get pregnant. Only 12. In 10 years, 120 times. Only 120 times in 10 years. So if you cannot have an erection by the lady, then how are you going to have sex and have children? It's not going to work. And you are going to frustrate the lady into doing something she's not supposed to do. And frustrate yourself into doing something you're not supposed to do. Do you understand? So if you're not sexually attracted, advise yourself. Yes. You must be, you must have sexual drive for the person. Yeah. Like you have to prevent yourself. You tell the person, don't come and visit me. If you visit me, something, something, I don't trust myself. You understand? Uh-huh, but you are just moving around. It's like two boys moving around, two girls moving around. I mean, there's nothing happening. No, no, no. She can't be your sister. Marriage is not sister. I've meant this girl. It's in your mind. You are holy, you are pure, but you are preserving her for the day for chewing and chewing continuously. Because as the years go by, if you are not attracted at the beginning, as the years go by, your sexual drive will be going down. So it has to be very high. So by the time it's going down, you can bring it up. And you are at 65. You can just bring it up and then you continue your life. But if right now you are not attracted, Charlie, be happy. No, don't, don't. Don't. The person is wonderful, everything. No, forget it. Yeah. Pray about it. If it doesn't come, pray, Lord, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. If it's not coming, forget it. Okay? Thank you, Daddy. Yes. That was part of my question. Oh, is that so? <laughs> yes, I was here. I wanted to ask if God actually um, answers prayers on changing your feelings towards people. Not anger or anything, but let's say you don't love this person, but the person is a good person. And then can you pray to God to change your feelings towards the person? Like, does that work? That's no problem. <laughs> No, it's no problem. I'm just saying, I think you said you were going to preach on prayer. Yes. Next week or so. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. God is real. Okay. God is the most real person you you can ever know. (laughs) Do you understand? So I think when pastor starts to teach on prayer towards marriage, some of the answers will come out. Do you understand? So you hold on. Okay. 
because prayer is very important. And I know as pastor teaches on prayer, you know how to pray because some people don't know how to pray for their spouses. Some do it like it's an obligation. People don't, you see, it's so important. People don't attach much importance to it. As long as I think that this person is okay, the God part is, oh, it's just a side something. And that can be very detrimental to you. So I think I'll allow Pastor to teach on prayer and then we'll answer some of the questions, okay? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, feelings. <laughs> the answer is yes, actually. God does. Uh, but you need to spend time in prayer. Okay? Yeah. Um, please don't ask a question. Yes. What if there are, let's say, two people, two guys, and one has everything you want. The person is a Christian. Both of them are Christians. And one has everything you want. But the other, he doesn't have all that you want. But then at the end of the day, when you are with the one that has everything you want, you are not okay. Like deep down, you feel it's wrong. But with the other one, even though he doesn't have everything you want, you feel like that's the right person. It's a feeling. Feelings are working. You need to pray. That's where prayer comes in. Your heart can go stronger towards somebody. Yes. And when, where your heart is going, that's where you're supposed to go to. You get it? Uh-huh. So prayer makes all the difference. Prayer answers all these things. You see, some people think prayer is not powerful, but prayer is very, very powerful. It will lead you. Praying brings you into fellowship with the Lord and it allows him to be able to lead you the way he wants to. Okay? So that you can go where you're supposed to go to. You understand? Yeah. So your heart will get stronger towards the one you're supposed to go with. Yeah. And you'll be able to follow. Sometimes you... That's what, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. Maturity is very important. We marry for now and for the future, not just for now. Okay? You don't marry only for today. You marry for today and for the future. So God knows the future. Maybe this one that you are fine with may leave you after some time. And this one that you are, you are not so fine with, with a certain, in a certain way today may stay with you forever. And as you pray, you would know that this one is supposed to go. So prayer is very... If you don't pray about these things and you make a decision with your eyes you'll be surprised you make a decision with your eyes you'll be surprised wow bah, bah. yeah so I hope I've answered you beautiful someone's hand was up somewhere here for, for a long time but okay MFI last question oh, you have some, does someone have a question you have a question ah 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 you were the one I was looking for. Yes. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. So you said um, marriage was an act of faith. And that if you are going to marry, you have to hope that you are only believing that the person will change. Um, also, I Is that what I said? That was not what I said. Like, you are hoping that as time goes on, like the person keeps changing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think I learned sometime that, yeah. When you are going to marry somebody, you are supposed to take that decision based off of like um, 
in the present, if the person never changes, can you still do life with that person? In the person's if the person present, does not change, what can you? In in the long term, the person does not change. Mm-hmm. Can you still do life with that person long term? Do life. As much as you are hoping that the person will change, do you also have to base your decision on the fact that, okay, just in case the person never changes, can I say, is that um, a consideration to make? Do you see, what I was saying was not, it's not what you are saying. Okay. What I meant with respect to change um, has to do with the person gets, getting better over the years. You get it. But when you're making a decision about who to marry today, you must make a decision with respect to how the person is today. I don't know if you get it. If what you are seeing you don't like, run away. Or you know the Bible. If you don't like what you are seeing, don't say it will change. Hey. No. Okay? So, like what you are seeing today, with respect to character attitude today. You may see a few things that you may not like. Those ones you can, if you don't like those things and they are not a problem for you, you can continue going. But if you see something and you don't like, hey, run away. Go, 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 go. Don't stay there. Leave quickly. Don't say the person will change. Are you in the person? The person may not change. Uh-huh. Okay, if the person is a Christian, there's a hope that the person will change. That's what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. But if you are making a decision about somebody today and the person is not what you think you like, the person does not talk well, he does not. God, he's a womanizer. You can't say he will change. He will change. <laughs> You get it? Uh-huh. So make a decision based on what you're seeing today. Having faith that as the years go by, the person will get better. Okay? Will get better. Not, it's very bad today. But uh, let's marry now. As we go, it will be better. No. Now must be good. Must be very good. Because like I said, you're marrying for now and for the future. You did, Bob. All right. Yes. Come here. Good afternoon, Daddy. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine, thanks. Great. Um, I don't know that there is good message in the house like this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my own. He's, he's, he's one of the guys who helped us build. Yeah. We met him on the land and he's helped us build. Yes. My own is not a unquestion. Okay. Um, I just want to give something to tes- testify what you are saying. Okay. Um, I've met a lady, very beautiful, as we used to say, uh, Coca-Cola safe. Wow. Um, we have been together they for said they can't hear you. seven good years. You've been together for seven years? Yeah, seven <laughs> good years. Um, I always expected to marry her. Wow. And this year, was, it was my plan that this year I would do the writing. But last year, some problem was coming, and I found out that no, it cannot move. And when you were saying that we have to know where to uh, 
something or uh, where to to find our 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 mate yeah yeah to how finding the person in the yeah. in the kingdom of god not outside uh, the kingdom i remember that this is true because though we were crazy but i did not find where i supposed to find yeah and it gave me a lot of problem sometimes i cannot sleep in the room Wow. I have to come and sleep in the office there. Wow. Because I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your sleeping position has changed. It's a blessing. And uh don't know what to do again. I started praying. We'll talk, we'll talk. Thank you. We'll talk. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you understand what he's saying. Yeah, if you don't choose at the right place, you realize that you can't sleep in your room. You'll be sleeping somewhere else. You have a question. Okay. Yes. So, um, related to uh, marriage, uh, yeah. Is, um, Can you amplify your voice a little? Um, um, is the financial strength of a partner really something you should consider when, let's say, you the guy? Yeah. The guy, is it something you should really consider when going for it? Exactly. Although you have so, the money. Although you have the what? You have the money. You have everything. So you you have like money. You are, wealthy, yeah. you are wealthy, but do you consider the uh, financial standing of the lady? Yeah, the status. Well, you are the one supposed to take care of her. So if you are okay, I don't know what you are looking for from her. You get it? You are the one supposed to take care of her. Hold on, you are the one supposed to take care of her. So if you are fine, then it is not a problem. You can you can marry her and empower her financially. But the, uh, the, this um, thing that most counselors where, where is it written in the Bible? Okay. Um, the fact that someone is saying it does not there mean. Are this, uh, you see, uh, there are these problems that, that, that have been coming up for a while now. As in, um, a man who marry a wife and the man who might be worthy and then the man might die. Speak up, please. The man might, might die and uh-huh. then later on the woman is a housewife. Now says incarnation, I call you in sympathy. So, so it's the man's fault. You should have empowered the wife. Why didn't you empower your wife? You get it. You should empower your wife. With respect to financial standing, the man is the one who's supposed to have a certain financial standing. Naturally speaking, because he's going to be the head. But if the man is not in a good financial standing and the lady is in good financial standing, there's nothing wrong with the lady empowering the man. And vice versa. There's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong. When I got married, my wife's pay was higher than mine. Way higher than mine. Like twice or more than twice mine. But I was responsible. She married me because I'm a responsible person. She knew I was responsible. I'll take care of her and do what I can do. As the years have gone by, I've gotten bigger. And I'm able to do certain things for her. You understand? Uh-huh. So the, 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 the most important thing is your heart in the marriage. Are you marrying to help the person or are you marrying to destroy the person? If you are marrying somebody, you should be willing to empower the person financially if you have financial standing. You should help the person, set the person up, help the person go forward, and help the person become something more than you met the person. So if I'm wealthy as a man and I'm marrying a lady who is not wealthy or doesn't have anything, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm marrying her because I love her, not because of her financial standing. When I marry her, she's now an extension of me. My job in her life is to make sure she becomes better than she was before. So I have to empower her for her to be even richer than me. 
You see, when you are, you are a married person who is conscious of property, you have a very big problem. It's all, in, it's all inside maturity. If you are not matured, car is something you, is, is in your heart. Car. House is in your heart. Eh? Properties is in your heart. You have not died to those things. It's not going to work. So there are married people who fight over whose name is on what. It's nonsense. You've not grown. You are all small. You are babies in the marriage. Do you understand? Yeah. Someone will say, what if the, you put your wife's name on everything and she leaves you? It is her problem. She will meet her God in heaven. I came into this world with nothing. I'm living in this world with nothing. If I live in this world with nothing, the most important thing is the lives I blessed. That's all. Do you get it? That's what I'm talking about. Maturity. What, what is going on in your head? What's going on in your heart? Why don't you want to empower her? Maybe she becomes richer than me. She will control me. Then you don't know who you married. Do you get it? You don't trust who you married. You are living in fear. And what you fear is what will come on you. What you fear is what will come on you. Okay? By God's grace, God has blessed me. But I don't have 75 girlfriends looking after everybody. My wife knew that I would not do that. So she, when I said, I love you, she said, okay, let's go. So these are some of the things you find out. What kind of a hand does a person have? If you don't spend time to find out and you're just having sex, sex clouds everything. Sex clouds everything. Already you are blinded by love and you are having sex. You get it? Love is blind. They say love is blind, isn't it? So already you are blind. Then you are having sex too. You are there, you are deaf. Mute everything. You can't, you can't hear, you can't see, you can't do anything. You are just moving. And you, your error will be very great. Marriage is a long journey. It's a long, maybe you, you want to marry for five years. It's a long journey. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you are still inside. So you need to make decisions based on what God is telling you to do now. I hope you understand. Great. <laughs> you have a question? Yes, sir. Okay. Your answer was also up. Is that the one I think it is? Ima? Oh, okay. It's you. Great. Sir, please, what of if the lady is the perfect person for you to marry? She's the will of God. But the tribe she's coming from is the issue. Don't even bring that one up. Because why is the tribe an issue? My dad is a Nigerian and my uh-huh. mom is a Voltairean. Uh-huh. My dad never considered the fetishness of Voltairean before he married her. But what if someone else, the parents are like, no. Who is not fetish? Which tribe is not fetish? Every like, tribe is fetish. Don't, that, don't that let is your... conception of how they see every people like, oh, she's... Like, what if that person's parents say, oh, no, she's a Voltairean, so don't marry her. But God has spoken to you like, that's the will of God for you, like marriage. So what should you do? If your parents are not in agreement with the one you are marrying, pray about it seriously. For God to, if, if it's from God, let God touch their hearts. And God touches their hearts all the time. You get it? God touches, if you don't believe in prayer, you, you, will, not, you will not do well. You have problems with a lot of things. If you don't think things can be sorted out in prayer, you have a long journey to go. A lot of things, you abandon a lot of projects. The fact that you are being resisted for something does not mean that that is not the will of God for your life. God may have spoken to you concerning this lady, but then tribe is becoming a problem. Your parents are saying no because of a tribe. It doesn't mean that abandon it. Pray about it. Because your parents, what your parents are saying is very important. You don't marry on your own. You marry with your family. 
you marry outside of a family with your family. You understand? So their opinion makes all the difference. So if their opinion is against what you know God has spoken to you about, then commit to the Lord, pray to the Lord to touch their hearts, and the Lord will touch their hearts, and they'll be in agreement with you for you to go where you're supposed to go to. But tribe is not a problem. There is no tribe in this country that is correct. That is why Jesus has called you outside of your tribe and your family into his family. If yours was correct, he would have kept you there. If you are a can and you feel you are better than a Nodna, your brain is, there's something wrong with your brain. You are a Christian, you think that you are better than someone who is from the north. What do you mean? Are they not created by God? Are they not human beings? What are you talking about? I'm going to Don't say those. If you're a child of God, don't say those things. If your parents are saying them, leave them to say it. It is their problem. Don't say some. Before you, because your, the businessman you are looking for may be from a stream. And you, but you don't respect them. So it will not, he will not come your path, your way. When you are going to meet him, he will swerve you. Because of your words. You don't talk like that. Do you understand? My, my, the people I work with more than so many of them are Evers. And they are the best people on earth. No, no, no I'm not talking for Evers. Understand what I'm saying? They are Christians. That is why they are what they are. Okay? I have some who are from the northern region, from Upper West, Upper East. They are correct. Nigerians. They are wonderful people. I have Liberians working with me. They are wonderful people. Why? Because they are first of all Christians before Liberia ever Nigeria or South Africa comes in. Do you understand? Yeah. None, nothing from this world is correct. That is why God calls out us out. The church is the called out ones. God calls us out of our families, out of our tribes. When he called Abraham, he told him, leave your family, leave your tribe, and go to the place where I'll show you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't use that as a, a yardstick for your decisions. If the person is born again is a Christian and has the same values as you do, it's fine. If you have challenges whilst you are in the process of getting married, Reba Hadaba, pray. And the Lord will honor you. There's a popular story of this um, young man who was going to marry. He was, uh, I think, Krobo. He was going to marry someone who was, uh, was the Upper East or something like that. And they, they didn't want it. The family didn't want it. So the, the gentleman and the lady decided to pray. They prayed for about a year. One whole year. One day they were there. And the guy's mother called and said, ah, where is the lady you brought the last time? How come you are not married? The mother was the one who was against the marriage. After a year, she called and said, ah, where is that lady? I've not seen her. Where is she? I thought you guys were getting married. What happened? Can you imagine? Three months later, they were married. And they've been married for about 30 years now. The marriage has worked. They are very happy. They have three beautiful, brilliant children. Doctors and farmers. One is a doctor, one is a pharmacist, one is a lawyer also. Very wonderful people. What is tribe? We belong to God. That's the most important thing. Okay? In Jesus' name. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.